This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. One more trip around the sun here on Inside Black and Gold. And in this one, we're going to get mean. Negative <laughs> Nancy we're, section. We're going to be big old jerks uh, oh. to the players who kind of stunk a little bit. Uh, so it's going to be three down. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Gell. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. I'm going to be canceling my subscription to Brian Edwards. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, the, the weird thing is I, he actually, I think, he's had a few solid practices in a row. He's been stacking some good days. But, man... When you get two offensive pass interference penalties in four plays, both of which wipe touchdowns off the board, and in between those, you dropped a pass in the corner of the end zone that should have been a touchdown. I mean, come on. Four targets, zero catches. A Just series of, mis- uh, uh, yeah, definitely misunfortunate events for him. Not good. Yeah, and I mean, like, he's not the only one who had penalties, right? Like, there was a lot of penalties in that game. We're getting more of that. But, but you know, racing, it's like... When you're racing six, that's definitely going to stand out a lot. Twice! Yeah, yeah. And, and OPI, it's like, you know, if, if you, you can get called for penalties that are not necessarily your fault, right? Like, if you're, if you're just trying to make a play and you get your hand caught in someone's face mask or, you know, you panic and hold somebody, and it's not necessarily, like, something you could have prevented. It's just like, oh, man, yeah, it happened. In this case, it's like... Like I kind of equate like pick plays, rub rub routes to like flopping in basketball, and like if you just have to be a good enough actor, right? Like that's part of it. It's not about you know like the the running a pick is illegal. All you have to do is make it look like you're running a route, right? And so that's where it comes. And Dennis Allen said the ref told him that he didn't think that Brian was running an actual route on that second one, and it's like it's just just that's. You got to know how to do it. You got to do it right. And the first time you can be like, fine, you know, that stinks, but whatever. The second time it's like, Jesus, dude, twice. Like they literally just called it on you. You should be aware of what's happening. And it's just like, it's frustrating to watch. And, you know, my stock was already not that high on him to begin with. Right. But it's not getting, it's, it's only getting lower. And, uh, you know, I don't think. It, they don't have to do those initial cuts anymore. Like uh, this year, you're just doing all the like one big cut down to 53. If they were cutting down to 80 right now, uh, he would be on that list for me. Yeah, you look at the wide receiver room too, and we we you know we're raving about guys like uh, you know Shaq Davis, At Perry, uh, John Trey Kirkland, even uh, Brian Edwards. You know you're gonna you're gonna make these mishaps and cost your team points. Definitely. Some of the you know the, the calls with the refs I didn't agree with all the way in this game obviously, but I think it's hard to argue Shaq's penalties in those situations. I mean not Shaq's right. I'm sorry right. uh, Edwards. Yeah, 
it's just, I, you know, it, you can't get out of your own way. There's nothing I can do for you. I, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to look at him and be like, oh yeah, he's got, I can see the upside, right? Like, it's just not there. Uh, I, and I don't need to be too mean because I'm going to be mean to this next guy too. And, you know, he's a guy who we talk about a lot and we just keep waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm, you know, I, at a certain point, you just got to be like, okay, this is, this is going to be a redshirt year. And that's Isaiah Foskey, a guy who it feels like you can see his confidence just like, like it's like if it was a gas gauge, the needle would have broken off. Like, what's happened to him? Yeah. Is he just didn't? I mean, like the, he had chances to make plays in that game, and it was like he he just I don't know. Like it didn't. I don't know if he had the effort was there. It, there was one point where I'm pretty sure he was getting reamed out by Dennis Allen because he like he had a chance to make a tackle on Easton yeah. Stick and he just whiffed. And it, you know, it, I, I I I'm not I'm not out on him. I'm not giving up on him. I think. If you're calling a second round rookie a bust after two preseason games, you're doing it wrong. But it's hard to look at what he has done to this point and have any real optimism about expecting an impact from him in his rookie season. You know, if if guys get hurt and he gets thrown in there, maybe he surprises some people. But like he's not beating anybody out. He's not beating out Tano. Right. All right. He's not beating out Peyton or Carl. Uh, so I think this is just going to be a developmental year for him. Yeah, it's definitely been frustrating. And I even made a comment where I thought there was one decent uh, rush he had on the quarterback before, you know, uh, leading up to halftime. And then the, the talk and text line on the radio station, like, killed me for saying, what are you seeing? Are you, are you crazy with Foskey? There's just it's frustrating. Obviously, a second round pick. It's a high draft capital you've invested in this guy but i'm not gonna say bust either but there's concerns of obviously about you're not seeing much of anything so far and yeah you you just want to get some kind of production you would figure out of a second round draft pick in year one but it's 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 really not looking that case right now maybe something happens uh, uh, that light goes off four or five games into the season kind of thing but i definitely would think he's more of a, a project that's going to be more need more time to develop before you just say, oh, he's just throw him to the turb. The Saints, you know, Saints wasted a pick. Yeah, it, it, he's a young player, right? You know, I think you would have hoped to see him look a little more NFL ready than he has. But go look at what Cam Jordan did as a rookie, right? You know, it, it's it's different for everybody. And, you know, what DA did say he feels like he's progressing and maybe he is. And I, I'm not going to pretend that that I know everything there is to know about Isaiah. Just have not seen it in either of these games. We have not seen a ton of it in practice. So, you know, hopefully he can start stacking those days. But yesterday was just not a good day for him. And I, I don't think we need to go in any more of it than that. Not, not, not to pile it on, but the problem is we haven't even seen it in, in pr- training camp practices, much less a game situation. No, no I, I, I mean, I can't recall any time I've been like, oh, yeah, yeah, great play by Isaiah, right? Like, you know, maybe, yeah, but one of the things the Saints really emphasize is playing the run, and maybe that's kind of gotten in his head a little bit, and he's a little slower uh, in the pass rush game than, than you'd like him to be. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out, but stock definitely not up for him. The next player on my list is actually 13 of them. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how many players got flagged in that game. 13! You only had like 40 players active in that game. I don't even know if you had that many. <laughs> there was at least 15 players 
maybe 20 that were not in uniform. I, it could have been even more than that. It was basically the entire starting offense and defense. You had 13 players penalized in that game. And I'm going to go through them. These players had multiple penalties called on them. Storm Norton, mm. Lewis Kidd, Brian Edwards. Now, Storm Norton, I think, is only at fault for one of his penalties. He got called for a hold. Later in the game, he got called for a false start. But there's this point where the center causes his lineman to false start because he doesn't snap the ball when he's supposed to. And that's what happened there. So I like that should be Max Garcia. So you could really say 14 players who should have been flagged. That was that crazy play. And then there was also a play where... Uh, I can't remember who it was. It was an eligible downfield. Oh, it was Max Garcia who has a penalty. So it is still 13. But that was the play where there was four penalty flags on the field. And they just had to decide which one they wanted to enforce. So those are the players with two. Then you had Lonnie Johnson with a face mask. Smoke Monday got called for a hold on a return. Isaac Yadam got called for defensive holding. Troy Pride got called for defensive pass interference. Tommy Kramer got called for offensive holding. Alex Pilstrom got called for offensive holding. Chuck Falanga who I talked to yesterday, is a really nice guy, got called for a false start. Jack Heflin got called for defensive holding. Paulson Adebo got called for illegal use of hands that got declined. And then Max Garcia got called for an ineligible man downfield. And that got declined. 14 penalties, 141 penalty yards. Now, you're trying to make a roster. You're trying to impress your coaches. That's not a good way to do it. And I mean... Like you could say the starters aren't in there and I get it, but we saw the starters, like we saw a lot of penalties get fly at these joint practices. It's got to be something this coaching staff emphasizes. Well, well, the problem was too, even when, you know, we, we had preseason game number one, the penalties were an issue there too. So that's, that's a unfortunate continuous trend that definitely can't continue on. We don't want that to be habit forming. We talked about the turn, you know, the takeaways being the positive side of that. I don't want seven, eight, nine penalties a game to be the norm for the Saints squad going into 2023. I mean, you're going to get called for penalties. It's going to happen. There's only so much you can do to avoid them. But this ain't it, right? (laughs) This can't be it. And uh, I I asked asked DA about, uh, you know, how you go about fixing that. And here's what he had to say. DA, talk about cleaning up penalties. What what are some of the things you do when it's kind of... Well, look, so the pre-snap penalties can't, can't happen. You know, that's just a total lack of focus. Um, and so that's got to get cleaned up. And then really you got to look at the tape and you got you to determine from a technical standpoint, what could you have done better technique-wise to put yourself in a better position, you know, specifically on some of the holding calls. And look, from my vantage point, I, you know, I, I probably don't, I, I don't believe they were all holding, but they, the flag went down and they threw it. And so we got to look at it and see what we can do better. And just in terms of the OPI, the Edwards had two in a free play span. Is that just kind of a technique? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think, um, you know, on that particular play, um, you know, he's kind of running a little slant route. The DB kind of jams him. So, um, you know, the official explained to me that he thought that he really wasn't, wasn't really running a route. And, uh, so we'll look at the technique there, um, but all those are all those are teachable moments, and that's part of what the preseason's all about. 
I, I don't disagree with that. Like that's why you're playing these games. That's why you have these guys in there. But uh, it's got to be like there's got to be some accountability, right? Like that's where you are right now, and you're going to go over that film. And I think there's going to be a lot of yelling in that uh, in that meeting room today or tomorrow. It definitely seemed excessive this game, and uh, we were kind of joking. It's like, oh, the, it's those LA referees. They just hate New Orleans. <laughs> maybe that is it. Maybe, maybe. But I, um, I know, I know, Hockey League was one of the the, the son, right? Was part of the crew. John, right? Yeah, I think Ed um, is retired. <clears throat> I don't think he's a ref anymore. Um, but yeah, Sean Hockley, just not good. But all right, going one more down the list. This one's really unfair. It's I, I, I don't even kind of put it in a stock down situation. It's kind of more like this is a player who I thought had a huge opportunity to put down a performance that if it didn't earn him a roster spot, had him in kind of the catbird seat. And as we talked about with Jimmy Graham, we don't know what his situation is going to be. Is there going to be a spot on the roster to be had if he's unable to play? Like, we don't know right now. I don't think the team knows. I don't think Jimmy knows. I don't think the doctors know. And Lucas Kroll had a chance to have a huge game. He had a few nice plays early on. That athleticism is legit. The pass catching seems to be legit, but then he had multiple chances. He had one chance in the end zone on a great ball thrown by Jake Hayner. Those OPI calls don't happen if he just holds on to the ball. He had two hands on it, and all he had to do was not let it get raked out by a DB in the back of the end zone, and he was unable to do it. And that cost you seven points because you didn't score a touchdown on that drive. That ended up being three points, so it cost you four points, I should say. But like that was an opportunity for him to have a really big moment. Uh, he had another play later in the game that I think the same thing happened. He just had the ball raked out. Maybe it might have been earlier. I can't recall. But he had at least one more play where it's like, oh, that should have been a catch. And he just could not haul it in. And those are your moments, right? That's when, as a young player, as a fringe roster candidate, you have a chance to to make a lasting impression and to be like, this is this is why you want to keep me around because I can make plays like this. And he just didn't do it. And like, I don't want to say his stock is down because I don't, I mean, I think that he still did look good. He is an impressive young player. He's in his second year, so I'm not going to say he's, you know, hopeless, obviously. Like, I still – I think he's a practice squad guy and he's kind of developing. But I just – I was very disappointed that he was unable to make those big plays. No, I totally know what you mean there because, yeah, the – like you said, it's not like, oh, you're really down on him, but he had a chance to really pop and right. be on on the on the plus side of this on this equation and it, it ends up being in the down category just because you know he had those a, a few of those drops and he was targeted a lot yeah eight targets three catches 30 yards right like i mean you that that number's got to be higher i mean he led the team in targets by a fair number i mean Jack davis at perry both had five you got to be six eight. of eight there or something yeah, I mean, even if he's four of eight with that touchdown, I feel so much right, better about it. it. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's the frustrating thing because he's so athletic and he can move. And, you know, I, I know blocking is a big question for him, but at a certain point, it's like if you're making enough plays, then we can live with the blocking, whatever it is. And uh, I just think he, he didn't he didn't do himself any favors in this game. The only good Go thing with that, too, is, Jeff, is that maybe it kind of – hides him a little more from other teams that are tight end needy. And maybe they don't really consider Lucas Kroll when they look at something like that and, and, and don't know the whole story with him. That's possible. So <laughs> stock down. Yes. No, don't look at him. 
is a mirage. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's all I had. Anyone else that you uh, you wanted to point to? No, you pointed uh, out for definitely me one of the offensive linemen. I thought that didn't live up to par. Besides the penalties, was Storm Norton. Uh, just looked like he got worked over too much. Although he did have a play where he kind of wiped out a DB, I believe, though. He's a big dude. He stormed during the storm. Yeah, but, but still, you know, down as a whole, I guess, too. Uh, stock down on the backup offensive line. Storming, storming. <laughs> we, I feel like there still needs – there's got to be somebody on the street that could even help this group. I don't know. That is a good question. But the good news is it's the backups. Uh, Calvin Throckmorton left with a with a rib injury, so right. you know that's, you know you're already kind of questioning that depth. And the one guy that you kind of feel like you you know pretty well is uh, now dealing with an injury. So yeah, it's a uh, uh, that that's 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 a group on this team that if the health goes away, it could go sideways. I think huge concern for sure. Definitely the when you look at depth, the weakest. But I think a lot of people talk about depth at offensive line being pretty you know subpar around the NFL. It's not easy having you know those big boys that can come in and just fill those holes easily. I agree, but all right, I think that's going to wrap it up for us on this here episode of Inside Black and Gold. We're two preseason games in. We have one to go. No joint practices. They're going to face the Houston Texans on Sunday. I think this is going to be the week that I finally make good on that promise to update my roster projection and because I think the next episode this week will be kind of figuring out who are the three or four players that might be able to secure a roster spot in that game because you know, that's this is where we're at right now. It's like you have you have a 90 man roster and maybe three guys on that roster can win a job. Wow. Even like guys like Taylor, Alante Taylor and Paulson Debo, like they're both on the roster. It's just a question of who starts. Right. Where but, they fit in the puzzle, but they're definitely in the puzzle. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, that's kind of what we'll look at in the next episode of this week. Saints are back at practice tomorrow. So that we'll probably post that episode on Thursday or Friday. But thanks, everyone. For listening, I know we're a little delayed on this. Uh, road games are going to be tough this year in terms of the post game, but we'll always get something to you. Uh, thanks, Steve, for being adjustable. I am tired. Long flight today and, and kind of getting back into the flow of things. The dog is excited. I'm home. So that's always nice. Um, I'm just glad we're not like trying to push any kind of narrative or content and trying to come up with topics. We got football to talk about players, you know, you know, position battles going on and, you know, pretty soon regular season action. Uh, I'm loving this and, and can talk all we want right now because yeah, this is the fun time of year, even though they're long days and yeah, we're in the end, we are just watching football and talking about it. Speak for yourself. I'm always trying to push a narrative <laughs> and that narrative is, Pie is bad. I thought you were gonna say the narrative is you must like, subscribe, and comment. Well, that's true. I mean, that's just a fact. But yeah, pie is stupid. Eat a cake or go away. I make a pretty good pudding pie. I'll have to, I'll have to whip one up. I don't want it. It's really good though. I, that's, I, that's not that goes against my narrative, Steve. I'll just call it pudding cake then and give it to you. Hey, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that fits. All right. Thanks, y'all, for listening. This is Inside Black Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Who dat? Go Saints. Peace out. One more preseason game to go. Let's do it. <laughs>